Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. start just by reading in Exodus 16, most of us know this story uh, of the Israelites coming out of Egypt, entering into the desert and then heading toward the promised land. So we're just going to get a snippet of it this morning and then just explore a little bit about what, how that applies to us. Verse 1 uh, in 16, I haven't put it up on the screen because I'm going to jump around a little bit. Is that Okay. Awesome. Just give someone a high five near you. Yeah. Awesome. Good, good, good. Just got to stay on the ball this morning, all right? In Exodus 16, it says, They set out from Elim, and all the congregation of the people of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elim and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after they had departed from the land of Egypt. And the whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the people of Israel said to them, Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I'm about to rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it'll be twice as much as they gather daily. So Moses and Aaron said to all the people, At evening you shall know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, and in the morning you shall, receive, you shall see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your grumbling against the Lord. For what are we that you grumble against us? And Moses said, When the Lord gives you in the evening meat to eat, and in the morning bread to the full, because the Lord has heard your grumbling, that you grumble against him, what are we? Your grumbling is not against us, but against the Lord. And it goes on, uh, as we know, and the Israelites were supernaturally fed quail and bread. And the quail settled on the land, and that was their meat, and bread in uh, manna, if you like, uh, for them to go and collect as well in the morning. And the story goes on that they're only allowed to connect, collect enough for each day. Some broke the rules and took a little bit extra, uh, you might say out of lack of faith, and that turned maggoty and rotten. Uh, and so then they quickly learned we've got to just take the one day's portion. Uh, and so there's a lot of stories, there's a lot of lessons in this, but what I want to bring out of this for us Today, whatever situation we're in is to keep moving on. Keep moving. And what I mean by that is when we look at what the Israelites did, um, it's interesting that they realistically had around 40 kilometres to travel. Uh, this is from Egypt to the Promised Land, okay, around 40 kilometres. It took them 40 years. I don't know if you've been watching some of the Olympics, but they obviously weren't some of those fast walkers. 
Have you seen them wiggling their hips? We were watching it the other day going, is that even a sport? That is not a legitimate sport. But uh, apparently it is. And uh, Keith's been training up, I hear. Uh, but it's fascinating to think 40 kilometres, it sounds like a long way, it's not that far, but it took them 40 years. 40 years. Sometimes I think we can delay God's promises by how we survive the tests. There were so many tests in the desert. You can go through from Exodus chapter 16, right? The ne- go through the next few chapters and you'll see test after test. And God relents time and time again. And he, he even responds to their grumbling. You know, it, God loves you and me so much. Even when we grumble, he's listening. He's listening to our heart. He's listening to our weaknesses. He's listening to our heart's cry. Because, uh, you know, if we're for him, who can be against us? And so even the, even the bad things, he'll turn around and use it for his own purposes. But 40 Ks in 40 years, none of us in this room would say, I actually want to delay the promise of God in my life. Then sometimes we have to look at how are we responding to the tests? How are we responding when he says, don't take extra manna for tomorrow, just take enough for today, but then we sneak a little bit. We see so much about the human nature in the Israelites in the desert. I mean, they turn to idols. They, they turn from their leaders. They forget about the supernatural provision of yesterday, uh, you know, fire by night, cloud by day. And, and I mean, just phenomenal things. You, you would not think this bunch of people could turn away from God. If there's ever been a bunch of people in morning and night supernatural revival conference meetings, millions of them all gathered, I mean, they just got miracles, signs and wonders poured out, continue, water gushing forth from stones and rocks and provision left, right and center. And I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. And yet, and yet, humans, if we follow our sin, we will turn to depravity. We will turn to bad things. We even turn against God. So we need the grace of God to keep leading us and guide us every single day. Um, There's a few things I just want to bring out of this that I think are helpful and practical for us. And, you know, whether we're in a COVID season or not, I think sometimes uh, we can even focus on it too much. Because I'm hoping that in three years we can look and go, oh, you know, someone's got COVID just like the flu and it's, you know, we just moved on. Let's hope that that we get to that stage. Um, But there's so many things we can look and learn from these guys and say, wow, what can I apply to my life? The first one I look at is no matter how weak and frail we are, God is in control. God knew what was going to happen to these guys. He could have sped them up. He could have, you know, somehow supernaturally caused a wind to make them go twice as fast and open up these gates into the promised land. And and there they are. And, And for there not to be giants in the promised land, for it to be much easier. But sometimes he puts stumbling blocks purposely in your path so that he will see how you'll respond. And I know for me that those stumbling blocks are places that no one else can win that victory but me. 
And there are little things in your life that are stumbling blocks that only you can win. No one else can win it for you. There's certain people that have encouraged us and helped us through our journey, but there is a time where we must pass the test ourselves, where we must say yes to Jesus, where we must follow him even though the flesh doesn't want to. And I think this is a time when we learn to follow after his voice out of our own adoption, out of our own response, then we know we are now becoming mature believers. There's no one else looking. When we go and pray, when we go and seek him, not because of anyone else or any other reason other than him, then we realize, wow, okay, I'm actually becoming trustworthy with what he's given me. God is in control. He's sovereign. He's sovereign in your life, even in the confusion, even in the anxiety, even in the uncertainty about what's going to happen tomorrow. Remember that God sometimes only gives us a daily amount of manna. He sometimes does that so that we trust him for today and tomorrow. He will provide for you tomorrow. He will provide whatever it is needed for tomorrow. He's already ahead of you. He's sovereign. He's in control. Supernatural provision. We see supernatural provision time and time again through this story in Exodus. And although we may not see some of these things happening here on earth, uh, some some we are, some we aren't. But... um, and if quail come down as the only thing to eat, I suppose I'd eat it, you know. I remember getting served up at a fancy business dinner and you know, quail comes on the plate and it's the only thing there. There's, you know, a little bit of sauce drizzled on top at one of these fancy ritzy restaurants and, and just some quail. And, and I looked at it and my stomach sort of turned and I'm like, no, nah, I'm going back to hors d'oeuvres, uh, you know, the bread in the oil dipping. And uh, so, you know, different things for different people. But if you're starving, you'd eat it. And uh, God has this funny way of breaking through just at the last minute. And we see this with the Israelites. They, they, their faith just draws out. I'm sure they're hang. I mean, we're talking 40 years here. So the story sounds like they're terrible people keeping on turning. But if you haven't been without much provision for a year or two and and, and all sorts of things are happening, confusion in the ranks, and you'd probably be getting frustrated, and that's the story we see. And then God provides supernaturally. God is always providing supernatural things. The fact that our hearts are beating is because of his supernatural hand. The fact that tomorrow he will still do good things and that his love is poured out all over the earth and that he's doing things under the radar and above the radar. He's doing things in, in, the, in parts of the world we don't even know about right now. He's doing things in your life and in my life. is because of his supernatural love and his love for all of us. It, it doesn't just end at the cross. The fact that we can go to him and he answers prayer. Now, he normally answers it in his way, not in our way. I wish it weren't the case, but it is the case. And any of you who have ever asked him for anything, I'm sure you'd say the same thing, that the way we ask it isn't always the way he responds. But somehow he breaks through. Somehow he comes through. His supernatural hand, even though we might be looking for the miraculous hand of God in a certain way, 
He's, he's behind us just already answering, already providing solutions. God has a, a plan and a purpose. And even though we can uh, not know what that is at times, the Israelites, for example, they, they really had quite a, a good strategic plan laid out. For, I mean, Moses was a, a good leader and had Aaron and all these miracles. I mean, it was laid out for them. You would think, this would be a relatively simple process. But we humans have a fantastical way of stuffing things up, don't we? We just, we just whether it's unbelief, confusion, doubts, you know, all sorts of things get in the way. I wonder what has got in the way in your and my life to the simple plan of God. The simple plan of God. I want to encourage you this morning, whatever stage you're at, wherever you're at with God, with his calling, with life, keep on moving. Keep on moving. Don't give up. Don't, be, don't doubt. Don't fear. Sometimes we have to take stop and, and stock and just, just still ourselves for a moment. Being still is not the same as stopping. Being still might mean we just take a moment, take a day or a month or whatever it is to give ourselves to reconsidering and dwelling. That's not stopping. It can be a great advancement to do that at times. I don't know about you, but sometimes taking that break and just stepping back a little bit can be the best thing we do because we have a look at it and go, yeah, okay, I'm just going to recalibrate some things and uh, redirect some things, refocus some energy and we keep on moving. And so by advancing God's plan for our lives, it might just mean dialing up the listening a little bit. God has a plan for your life. He has a promised land for your life. And one thing I've found is once he answers one thing, he then asks us to keep moving on to the next. He never wants us to be perfectly still. Because he's always moving, he's always advancing. He wants his, his word to go forth. He wants his presence and power and his calling to go forth and, and keep moving like, like water. And so it's interesting, when we have enough faith for one season, when we've topped out at that, he'll stretch us again for the next. Now, uh, there are times where he'll give us a breather, I think, but he doesn't want us to stay there for too long because he's always stretching our faith. He has a plan. He has a purpose. In this season right now, he's doing stuff that he wasn't doing last year. It's funny. I was just looking at a couple of musos coming up with their masks this morning. I was just, And it just hit me how if two years ago I had seen that, I'd be like, what weird thing has broken out? You know, but it's so normal to us now, isn't it? It's just so normal and, and it's strange and normal and, and we just pray this whole thing's over soon. But God has a plan. He's in control. He's not worried. He's not confused. And uh, there's so many opinions out there. Sometimes we have to just remove ourselves and take stock and say, all right, God, what are you saying to me? What are you saying to me? Because he has a plan. He has a plan to keep us advancing, keep us listening, keep us growing. I mean, uh, it's interesting. We've had a little bit more time now, haven't we? Some of us, not everyone, but just to sort of be still maybe or do things we haven't normally done. And maybe we can take some time to be still and listen to him. But all the while, one great lesson that I get from reading Exodus 
and, and following the journey is that God does test us. I didn't think that would get a great response. Um, I know you're smiling. Some are crying. But God does test us. He actually does test us. And you can see it time. And in fact, I just read a little bit of the Exodus chapter 16, just in that first little bit. He tested them to see whether they would take, by faith, just trust in him for one day's provision and not take any extra. Sure enough, some of them took extra. I wonder how many times we've taken extra. Just that backup plan if God doesn't come through. Just that little, okay, I'm going to take an extra uh, bag in case I need this. Most of you on holidays will know that there's, uh, I mean, maybe it's a dad thing, I don't know, but I am forever frustrated at how many suitcases we take and, and it never quite fits in the boot. Uh, and I'm like, what on earth have we got in these things? Uh, one of the funny things over the years of our holidays, when the kids were younger, they would all have a travel bag, um, you know, and uh, we would typically, we'd run through, uh, I mean, junk was stuffed in there, like just junk and junk and blankies and, and Lego and all sorts of things was thrown into these bags and we'd run through and say, okay, so you haven't got this, you haven't got this, no, it's all okay. And we'd get to the beepers and sure enough, someone's brought scissors. Someone always brings scissors. Just in case, you never know when you're going to need scissors on a holiday. I don't know if we've ever used scissors on a holiday, but you never know. I wonder how many times we've just stuffed that thing in our spiritual suitcase just in case God doesn't come through, just in case we need it. What if, what if he doesn't really answer that prayer? Well, okay, I'm going to guard my heart. I'm going to guard. I'm going to have some backup plans, have a few in reserves in case he doesn't provide manna for tomorrow. And for some reason, God loves it when we step out on a limb and we test him because he's testing us. And we stand in faith. And you can see that the story is, is up and down through Exodus, through these 40 years, up and down. And he loves it when they stand in faith. And he's disappointed when they're grumbling. And he pours out his spirit and he does signs and wonders. And then there's this ebb and flow of the heart of God back to humanity. And that's what he's doing all the time. The heart of God is poured out and he's drawing us in and he's hoping and praying. And I'm sure he's there with the Trinity saying, Holy Spirit, you better intercede for these guys because they're getting weak. They're, getting, they're starting to grumble now. And, you know, and there it comes. And then out comes a miracle. And then he draws them back in. And so the heart of God never changes. He's still doing that today. He's wooing us all the time, saying, come on, trust me for tomorrow's provision. I've given you enough for today. Trust me. Let's, let's, let's go on this journey together because when we obey, it's a faster journey. Uh, I've told you many times that for me, when I know there's a painful journey coming, I, I just want the quick version. I want the fast forward version. And uh, I know many of you are like that. It's not like any of us enjoy pain. But there's a lesson in the pain. There's a lesson in the journey. There's a lesson in the confusion. There's something he will teach us. He will grow us and strengthen us and empower us in ways in that testing time that we can never achieve any other way. We never, ever, ever achieve it any other way. I can think of the, the bigger battles for Karen and I over the years, whether it's business or ministry and, and different areas, 
there is a resilience and an authority that we get on the other side of the mountain that we never would have got had we not gone through it. The testing develops perseverance, which develops character, which produces hope. And it's, it's, a, it's an amazing journey. It's a horrible journey, but it's a human journey. As James Gold says, we go from glory to gory to glory to gory, and hopefully it keeps going into glory. It's up and down, isn't it? The human journey is up and down. But God is strong and all-powerful and faithful and loving, and he never stops loving. You know, the Israelites, you would think, you would think he just would have blasted them off the face of the earth, you know, in the first year. I mean, he, he miraculously brought them out of slavery, brought them through the Red Sea and miracles, signs and wonders, promised them no disease. And I mean, just incredible things. And yet they continually turn against him and his heart is always for his people. His heart is always for you. Never doubt that God is not for you. Never doubt that he's not working for your good. Even, even in the doubts and all, maybe there's voices against you. Maybe your own voice is against you. He is for you. He's not against you. He is a champion. Holy Spirit is your advocate. He's your advocate. He's cheering you on like, was it Ariane Titmus, coach, you know, the guy? He's cheering you on like that. He's up in the bleachers just cheering you on. If you haven't seen it, you need to go and see that clip to see the heart of the Father cheering you on. Whatever you're going through, He's cheering you on. Today, right now, He is with you. You have the great advocate, Holy Spirit, standing with you. And He's walking through that stuff. He's whispering good things into your head. If you're not hearing good things into your head, listen to the other side. Listen to the whisper of the Holy Spirit. Listen to the heart of the Father who wants to bring you to the promised land. Whatever that looks like, whatever it is, He wants to bring you out of slavery, bring you out of confusion, and He wants to bring you into that place where He can let milk and honey flow. There will be battles, there will be tests, but through the tests, He is always proved faithful. That's what the Word of God says. He will prove faithful. And through our sufferings, we develop perseverance. We also strengthen our character and he releases hope. There is hope for every person on the face of the earth. Some will turn away. Some will turn for him. But there is hope for everyone. There's hope for every scenario. And I want to just leave you with this thought. Sometimes... We think that keeping on moving and actually being in God's plan is, is, uh, is really it's to be celebrated and we're going to gain, gain favor and a whole lot of maybe a lot of following or, or something, you know, really uh, incredible is going to happen. What I've found more often than not, when God places something in our life, there is a journey through the desert. There is a journey. He'll provide through that before the promise comes. So if you're in the desert now being tested, you're on the way. You're on the way. 
You're on the way to the promise. Keep moving. Don't stop where you are. Keep going to where he's drawing. Because the good thing is, you're out of slavery. He's given the promise. You're on the way. You never know when you're one month away, one year away. As long as we don't take on the Israelite thinking of just grumbling all the time and moaning and groaning. Oh, this is so hard. Because that testing is developing so much strength in you right now. Today, tomorrow. I know tomorrow's Monday. It's a, it's a hard day for some of us. But it's one of those things that he's developing perseverance. We all need it. We all need it. The world needs perseverance right now to be able to get over offenses, to be able to get over differences, to be able to get over confusion. And so we're in an era where we need perseverance more than ever. And when we develop that spiritually, we gain a resilience. We gain an authority. He will give you tools and victories and authority in the desert journey that you didn't get in slavery and you probably won't have in the promised land, but you'll be able to celebrate it when it comes. Keep moving ahead. Keep walking. Whatever it looks like, keep advancing. You might think that you need to be moving in a certain direction because everyone else is going in that direction. Jesus often didn't follow the crowd. Just listen to what he's saying to you. What is he saying to you this week? What does it look like to just walk with him and talk with him and keep moving with him this week for you? Because it probably won't look like anyone else. And don't worry about anyone else. Take all that pressure off, all that load off, any expectation that people have put on you. Just give yourself an absolute you know, gift card voucher today and just, just take it all off. Doesn't that feel better already? I can just feel some of you a bit lighter. You'll walk out five kilos lighter because of the expectations and the obligations of other people. We're never to live in slavery because that's slavery, isn't it? When we have to do things because someone's, you know, we're obliged to do it. We do less and less and less and less and less things now out of obligation to any man or woman because we've realized that's not really living. It doesn't mean we don't love. It doesn't mean we don't give. But we don't do things out of obligation because as Paul says in Corinthians, that's not really giving anyway if we just do it out of obligation. We do that stuff freely as a gift. We do that stuff out of generosity. And so I want to encourage you, even if you don't feel like you're, you're running or maybe fast walking with your hips swinging, God still accepts crawling. He'll accept anything as long as you're moving forward. It might be small prayers. You might be in a, a place where you haven't really prayed or read the Bible for a while. It's okay. One verse will do today. One verse will do tomorrow. One verse will do. And then you'll find yourself crawling through Scripture again and you'll find yourself just drawing in again might be prayer life. It might be believing again. It might be whatever it is he's putting in front of you. There is a promise ahead of you in your life. Don't let doubt creep in just because disappointments come your way. Disappointments are perfect opportunities for his victory. They're perfect opportunities. or well, they can be stumbling blocks where we trip and stumble, but we dust ourselves off and we get back and we believe again. We believe his word for the promise. I want you to stand this morning. And I want you just to just get down on your hands and knees and begin crawling. I'm just kidding. But spiritually, some of you may need to do that. You, you might need to do that. Just whatever it is, get down on your knees or, or begin just spiritually crawling again because you don't want to stay in the desert for 40 years. 
Just because God keeps teaching and training you the same lesson over and over again. We're going to teach you how to pray. You get back off. You've got habits getting in the way or things getting in the way. Okay, we're going to go back to base number one. I mean, who of us would really want to stay in that desert place learning the same thing over and over again and the promised land just getting further and further away? The promises, the good things of God, the strong stuff, the resilient stuff, the victories of God. They're not that far away from you. If only we could see how close they really are. If only we could see how close. You know, you can actually see 40 k's off in the distance. You know, normally you can see that far. But it's interesting, sometimes we can't see that far in faith. So Lord, we ask you today that you would show us the distance. You'd show us the promise, whatever it looks like for us today. I pray that you would grow us, even if we have to keep crawling, walking, whatever it looks like, that we would advance your kingdom here on earth and in our lives, that we would allow you to speak and move and we wouldn't stumble and grumble over all the little things, but you'd grow in us such a powerful resilience as we move on into the next season, as we move on into the greater things of God. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would take hold of us as Harvest Church. And that you would move us on into your greater things. That you would move as a, as a community and in our lives, in our families. And that you would come and pour out your spirit. We say, come Holy Spirit. Wherever we may have got distracted, wherever we have started to grumble or doubt or fear, you'd remove that from our eyes. Let us see the promises. Let us see the bigger things as we move on, as we contend for those greater things. Lord, we ask that you would come with your provision, with your power. And Lord, we pray for your continual outpouring upon our lives, your voice, your anointing, your strength, your miracles, your breakthroughs. Lord, I thank you for every person here today, those who couldn't be here, those who are away, whatever it is. We pray for blessing upon our people, blessing upon our region, and that you would advance us by the power of your Spirit. You would lead us and advance us in greater ways in the coming days. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I thank you for every heart. I thank you for every gift and talent. I pray that you would grow us and stretch us, that you would fill us with your faith to believe for the promises and the greater things in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. 